welcome to the Game Raven Review Podcast. My name is Henry J, and this episode is a little bit weird this week because we had a whole episode recorded until I realized that there wasn't a whole episode recorded and we missed most of the first part of this week's episode. Uh, we do record remotely. We are still in a pandemic, so it is hard for us to get all together in the same room so once again we're having technical difficulties uh apologies for that but we only missed out on the what we are playing section of the podcast which will be in the podcast description if you want to see what we are playing this week but we still have the question of the week and our main topic thankfully those are all in place so please join myself puppet master n taz t devil three Verenius the developer from Law Mage Academy and friend of the podcast, Alex, as we talk about music, music direction, how to pick music for your uh, games. Anyway, hopefully next week we will have a better podcast for you, a complete podcast for you. But until then, have fun, be safe. We'll see you next week. Okay, there we go. Hopefully I have the first. Oh, he's already recording the channel. Okay, so it's happening. Do you have the first part of the podcast? I think so. I guess we'll find out. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. So I'm just going to segue now. So that's been what we are playing for this week. Coming up next, our question of the week. So every day we ask a question on our Discord, which you can join at GameRavenReview.com. We ask a question every day. People can chime in. I take my favorite question from the last week and present it to the podcast crew. And mine is, it's very top of mind because I am playing a very, um, uh, I guess, dialogue-heavy JRPG, which is, do you prefer voice acting in games or not? And uh, I open the floor. Whoever wants to go first chime in do you enjoy voice voice acting in games and i guess uh kind of a a follow-up question to that too is uh do you prefer the english voices or uh maybe uh if it's like a japanese game do you prefer like the native voice the native language voice go first i prefer with voices for several reasons first um it's accessible it makes it it makes the game more accessible to people with with visual impairments and people have trouble reading the text, it makes it easier for them. Secondly, there are some words that you don't, you're not sure how to pronounce, but the voice acting solves that problem because that's the official pr- pronunciation of the names and the places and, and stuff. And I prefer the English, prefer the English voice acting because I'm, you know, I want to hear it in English. I want to know how to pronounce it in English. And if I'm watching anime, though, I, I prefer the Japanese with the English subtitles, but not in games, because in games, I really want to understand the story and I want to um, just know the proper pronunciation of certain things. So that when I talk about it with people, I know how to say it correctly. I know how to say the names correctly. And the names could change in, if, if you're in a Japanese, for example, the names could be different. So that's another factor why I want, want it to be in English. So that's it for me. Yeah, I think I, I would echo that sentiment, especially like as a streamer. Um, and I know I know Taz feels the same way because I remember him. <laughs> I'm going to quote you for a minute, Taz. I like voice acting because I don't have to read. 
Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's also like very along the same lines uh, as what Vernius was just saying. Um, you know, you want to be able to pronounce things correctly. Like, um, I just whenever I'm playing like indie games, and this has totally happened in your game, Vernius, where it's like I don't know how to pronounce this. Yeah, I know <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, you know, you, you've put a lot of time and energy into this world. And for me to be completely immersed, like, I, I want to be able to, you know, pronounce things correctly and and understand. Some Sometimes, like, there's a uh, play on words or the different sounds that things sound like is important to the story or whatever. And all of that kind of gets lost if there's not uh, any voice acting. I, yeah. Yeah. Whereas, on the other hand as a streamer, sometimes it is nice not to have voice acting because then you can kind of take it at your own pace. You know, like if you're responding to chat or if you're having a conversation or um, all of that, like just having the ability to turn on or off the voice acting. Cause you know, once you get established in the story, once you understand how things are pronounced and everything, um, you don't necessarily need it. And um, you know, you can kind of just take it, take it as you go. Um, and kind of make it a more uh, casual gaming experience rather than having to be engaged 100% like um, a more cinematic game where the, like the entire thing is uh, is voice acted. So and also having to read a lot in general as a streamer, you know, we have to talk a lot anyway, but it it's always I don't know, it's always nice to uh, have a break once in a while and to be immersed a little a little bit more when there's more voices literally happening. Yeah, that's a, this is, I started laughing at the beginning of this uh, because I've never considered this before. <laughs> and um, like, I've never thought of uh, Vernius, like what you were saying about learning language through games as much. Um, I don't play a lot of games, so <laughs> this is very interesting to me. Um, I, I'm also kind of one of those person, people who read the subtitles in movies and everyone doesn't like having oh, subtitles. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, what if I missed it? Like, I, I need to be able to read it. But I don't I don't know if I have a preference, but I really enjoy in games when the characters kind of have their own little like noises. Like in, in Zelda, they've got like when you approach the business guy, he does this weird like, oh, <laughs> I, just, I, I love that Are stuff. You Beetle? Because I <laughs> yes. love Beetle. Oh, yeah, so that, like, oh, love him. When you're playing the game and you, you see, you know, your your friend, you're like, oh, he's going to make that noise again. <laughs> it's just going to be like funny. Um, but I'm not as serious of a gamer as y'all. So <laughs> I, my answer is not as intellectual as Varenius is. <laughs> I I would have to say that that's that's pretty Alex. I like that. It made me think of Beetle, and Beetle is always very brings brings a smile to my face. Beetle does. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, like playing playing games that were made in Japan, and the original voice acting track is Japanese. I will always turn on Japanese and read whatever they want me to read because I do not care. I you know, I mean, God bless anime voice actors and uh, English game voice actors, but like there's a huge cheese factor when it comes to a lot of things. And they always employ like the same like 10 to 20 voice actors. And so it's like, 
oh, this girl is going to sound like this. That guy is going to sound like that. Um, maybe I'm like a weirdo purist or whatever, but uh, I, I've always been that way. Like with anime, I always have to watch it subtitled, not dubbed, unless it's Cowboy Bebop, because I think Cowboy Bebop had an, an amazing dub. But uh, I definitely prefer voice acting or just like grunts and groans, like uh, what Alex <laughs> was talking about, are always fun. Uh, I like with Persona 5, and I'm like a huge fan of the Yakuza series, like everything is voice acted. And so I want to get like the original inflections of the characters, the way that they were like directed by the directors of the game, the developers of the game, rather than another person's interpretation of that you know what i mean like i want to get it like from the source right yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I, I know that we're talking about video games here but um taz and i also watch a lot of anime and um we've i mean i've watched the dubbed and i've watched the subbed and um the translation of the of what they're saying is different sometimes like the sentiments are di- like feel different and so sometimes the story is affected by that, you know, because language is language and sometimes things are translated differently depending on whoever is translating it. And um, so it is, it's uh, for me, like, I, I, I totally, I get it, Henry, like you kind of want the, the OG, like voice acting or the, the meaning behind, you know, what's happening. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, one, one worry that I do have about that is that you're reading like the translated text box which Mm -hmm. you know you're you're just typing what the english voiceover lines are so i'm always wondering if there's like a a bit of a divide between like the actual like japanese voice track let's say and the english words on screen you know what i mean so right yeah oh man i'll I'll never know but i still get that in the original inflection and tone and all of that right yeah, um, and uh, I'm sure you guys know Sam, hip official. Um, he was a translator for the longest time um, over in Tokyo. And so interesting to ask him some of this stuff, like about the translating process and all. But that's just another podcast. Oh, my gosh. That is. Put it on the cheat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in Comic Sans, I will do it. <laughs> Thank you. Taz, how do you feel? Oh, man, uh, you guys are going really in depth. Um <laughs> Like, if there's a Japanese option, I'll select that because it's cooler. Um, but I, it, on a stream, on like on streaming, yes, uh, because reading text boxes all the time, it makes me yawn because I forget to breathe because I'm reading and talking to chat at the same time. So I'm yawning constantly. It's the most obnoxious thing in the world. Um, whereas I don't mind it if I'm not streaming. Uh, but yeah, again, like if I can, if I can have the the emotions coming from uh japanese voice actors then i'll go for that 100 percent of the time if, I, if possible well there you have it we're a bunch of elitists um <laughs> <laughs> we're better than everyone. except for me who just except wants... for alex <laughs> <laughs> well well uh super henry you're playing monster hunter world did you know that there's a they built a custom like language audio for that yeah, and it sounds really weird. It's super weird, <laughs> but like it's, it's interesting because it's no like a made-up really... language. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you're we're on the same track. Yeah, it's a made-up language, and so to like kind of have that, they don't even like they don't even like advertise it. Like you play the tutorial, like oh, you can actually play this in our custom. No, like you have to find it going through the settings, and no one really knew about it. 
yeah it's it, it's weird i i turned it back to japanese but i was like what does this sound like and i was like i this is okay like it's cool <laughs> yeah very very strange so that is our question of the week if you want to answer these questions for yourself sign up for the game raven discord on gameravenreview.com and we'll be back with the main segment of the pod right after this main segment of the podcast we're continuing the music theme this week we have Varenius here obviously uh i kind of buried the lead uh with Varenius, but Varenius is the developer of law mage academy which just dropped you just dropped the brand new demo that people can go check out on steam and uh you've been getting some, a lot of good press i've seen on the twitter machine i've seen that so congrats on your new demo thank you and, and we also have Alex here as well. Alex is a friend of the show, also a very uh, accomplished musician who, unlike myself, can actually write music and record it and then also uh, put it out, which is a hard thing for a lot of musicians to do. <laughs> Thank you for the kind words, Henry. <laughs> yes, no problem. I mean, you're, you're, you're a pianist. You also play guitar as well, right? What, what else do you play? You're a multi-instrumentalist. Yeah, I, I I do the piano, the guitar, I sing. Um I I do a lot of, of like I will I'll do percussion for my music also. Um I'm not a drummer, but I make things sound like drums, if that makes any sense. <laughs> so yeah. And I just I feel like the whole recording process of when you're using the software that the software is also kinda like an instrument that you can use with all the effects and uh, funny things like reversing things or stretching out the how long something is happening. The recording software, I feel, is an instrument of itself. For sure. And so we brought Alex along to talk about, you know, the the process of crafting a song. And we have Renius here to talk about selecting songs for Law Mage Academy. So let's open the floor. Puppet, this was your idea. Oh, so, great. Uh, this is, <laughs> this is your, your topic. So um, is there anything that you would like to ask first? I'm giving you the floor first. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, uh, I think we should probably just start with Varinius. Um, You know, how, as an, an indie developer, like, you're making this game and you're like, like, I need music. What was your first step? What was that journey for you? And uh, yeah, let's just start there. Right. So. Different game developers, of course, are different individuals, and they have di they have different ways of thinking about music. Sometimes, when they need, they know they need music, so they just delegate it completely to the composer. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. And then just accepting whatever um, the composer produces, and that's that's their prerogative. It, and then some, and you know, if it works with their game, then it works, right? For me personally, I use RPG Maker MV, and there are some stock music. Some of those are good, and the, I bought some music packs as well. Some of them are just really perfect. They just capture the perfect um, feelings and emotions for certain scenarios. But there are also tracks where they didn't quite capture it. So I had to commission the tracks that needed to have certain emotions, like studying or the night. How do you express the nighttime in music? Uh, 
So I had to commission those or request it from people who offered to make free music. And I just gasped as you were saying that. I think about this stuff all the time. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and the reason why I thought about this is because I, I've watched some videos in YouTube um, explaining harmony and a little bit of music theory, just a bit of a background. I used to play a little bit of piano back then, but I wasn't really a musician. I would call myself a musician. But then I started singing in the choir during law school. And that's where people introduced me to jazz and music theory, um, the people I met there. And uh, so I gained a deeper appreciation for music and harmony and, and notes. And then I found out about Jacob Collier and I saw his videos and he explained harmony. And that's when I realized that music is a language. It's not, and it's not in a poetic, metaphorical sense, but it literally is a language. And you use notes and chords to say the phrases to make sentences. And you can use it to express emotions, to express thought. That's what, this is so knowing that, getting that insight um, led me into this thought process of selecting music for games. So for example, you want to express sad, sadness or a somber tone when you're sharing uh, you know, in, in Law Mage Academy, when you spend time with friends and they share something, their fears, their, their anxieties, their vulnerabilities. How do you select the proper track for that scenario? So I'm looking for tracks with, and, and this is, I, get, I guess, this is where it gets a little bit more technical. I'm looking for tracks with some minor notes. I'm not looking for tracks with major, major chords, uh, with bright notes. I'm not looking for those, for those kinds of tracks because, you, as you know, those, those, um, positive, vibrant notes, they express happiness. But when you go to the darker side of the notes, which are the minor notes, uh, uh, so, some, I don't know, I've heard this term, the negative harmony, sort of. That, that's where you express the darker side, the, the sadder side, the sadder side of things. And it's interesting how, how you can use those same notes to express horror, for example, or fear. And, and so, so knowing, the, knowing that, and knowing what you want, knowing how you want it to sound, if, you're, if you want to express excitement, for example, then you'd want to have a lot of eighth notes, 16th notes. You, know? you don't want whole notes in a particular track or a particular bar. You'd want a lot of uh, quick notes, right? So I would tell that to my composer and said, okay, this part I wanted to express like they're going out on an adventure or they're making mistakes. So I want you to incorporate some minor notes and some little staccato notes. Uh, but I don't tell him which ones exactly because he's a composer. He knows better than I do. But I, I give him my thoughts on it and then I give feedback on how I want it to sound. So I'll, yeah. I'll stop there because I want to, to hear from you guys. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask uh, that, that follow-up or a, a question about like how, how do you communicate what you want with your oh. composer, but it, it, you already answered the question, which is you, you learned a little bit of the language so you could get that point across. I was wondering if you were like, yeah, like, you know, staccato notes here, 16th notes, eighth notes, or if you were like, make it sound like I'm floating in a river and I'm sad about it, mm. you know, some more, more pro poetic or more like, you know, music oriented. So. Right, um, right. Do you do you ever do you ever get more poetic with your language, <laughs> like yeah, how to how to describe certain things? Or when we were, this happened with the main theme 
because with the other tracks, I had no problems with it. They, they got it correctly right off the bat. But for the main theme, I wanted to express many different emotions in two minutes. So in, in 30 seconds, we're expressing this. In the next 30 seconds, we're expressing this. So just to give you an idea, so the first 30 seconds of the main theme of Long Beach Academy was about starting a new life, uh, a new beginning. I wanted to express that in music terms. And then the second part was trying to um, learn new things and making mistakes and feeling hurried because that's what you feel in game when you play the game. You try to, you feel hurried. Uh, you want to have all the time in the world, but you don't, so you end up rushing. Uh, so I want, so that's where I incorporated uh, the quick notes with the occasional minor notes there to make it sound a little bit discordant, but then it goes back up to, to major notes at a proper note. But, but there's still this sort of harmony which expresses the feelings in game. Sometimes you make mistakes, but you get right back up and you regain that, that harmony uh, in your daily routine. And then after that comes the confrontation, the battles. I wanted to express the battles in music, and that's where the horns come in, the blasting music you know, the, of the horns and the trumpets. And, and, then, so, and then the climax. Uh, and then after the climax, I, I told the composer, now... I want you to end as if they're going back home, as if the sun is setting down, you're hanging out with your friends, and, and then you're, you're wrapping everything up. And that's where, you know, you wrap things up. So, so like, in a, in a, I forgot what they call it, but in, when you're writing a story, you know, you see this mountain, <laughs> and then it slopes back down at the end. Narrative uh, arc. You're right, yeah, that, that. So something like that, similar to that. So you had to compose that part. I, I made sure that I wanted to compose that part. And that part was supposed to express the night activities in the game where you sit down with friends uh, on the, uh, the fireplace in the house commons or you study and then you go to sleep. So you had to express the sleeping uh, um, emotion or scene in music terms, which I'm pretty sure musicians don't have to do it anyway. So, so that's it. Um, I guess that's it for me. Oh my gosh, I have so many things to say. I was just like, my... He's getting all antsy over here. I, I, I'm, getting, I'm getting very antsy. Uh, oh, I was... <laughs> so the whole Jacob Collier thing, oh my gosh. He has this video, uh, I think two videos, or maybe it's one, um, and it's him playing, uh, I think, I forget what song it is. It might be Amazing like... Grace. Oh, yeah, either that or like Oh yeah. Danny Boy or something like that. And he's playing it with different complex emotion, with varying emotions. Like he says, play it happy. And then he does it in a second oh, way yeah, where yeah. it's like, okay, play it excited. And then now play it bittersweet or, and he goes through all these different yeah. ways to play the same song with different emotions. And it's amazing. It's mind blowing. I watched that. So yeah. Funny. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, Verinius, you were talking about so many things about um, uh, regarding uh, well, I'll just I'll comment on what you're saying with a thought I was having earlier today. I was sitting in a, a coffee shop that I hadn't sat in in a while because it just reopened back up. And I'm I'm a weirdo who will sit at a cafe and I'll bring a journal, but then I'll just grab my coffee and just stare <laughs> around <laughs> and just kind of take it all in. And I was I was studying the I guess the rhythm and the architecture of the space and how there's a window at the front of the store, but there's a solid white wall in the back. And then lining one wall, there's just bricks, 
And then on the opposing wall, there's bricks with a bit of Papa White tile. Um, and capturing it, the difference in the space almost has a sound to it, right? That mm. bricks are going to sound a lot different than a clear blank wall. And a clear blank wall is going to sound very different than a window does. And because it's COVID, there's, uh, you know, those uh, uh, see-through boards to prevent the particles from spreading. And I was looking at one of the brick walls um, through that clear um, barrier. barrier. And I was noticing the reflection of the other brick wall within it. So I'm looking at two brick walls at the same time, right? <laughs> and I was thinking about this in like music. Like, how can you repeat a motif? Perhaps if you wanted, you were talking about, I want it to sound like coming back home, but maybe you're looking at it through a different lens. Maybe it's a different instrument. Maybe you add some extra rhythm to it. Maybe you take away from it. There's so many different ways that you can create variation in expression and with emotion. Um, and it, the possibilities are endless. And it's just, it yeah. gets me so excited. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. And I was also recently, another thought I was having is just the idea of music all around you when you're in a space. We were at a, I was at a winery and I was uh, in... Uh, I was in Chelan, Washington, which overlooks mountains and a uh, lake. And I was just overhearing all these different conversations. I was hearing birds chirping at the same time. There was a plane flying overhead. There is a sound of people cleaning up tables and um, the sound of the wind going through, like, past my hair and in my ears. And I was just imagining, what does this all sound like? And how does it, how do these sounds uh, feel different when I'm looking at a mountain versus when I'm, you know, um, just looking at people laughing and having a yeah. good time. And um, there's so many different ways to capture that stuff musically. And I, I, I try to, anytime I'm kind of writing, I try to create and think of a space. If I'm writing a song, I'm and I'm like writing up lyrics. I try to think where is where is this taking place and how can I create this space um, sonically? Um, I, I I know I'm talking <laughs> for a bit. I'm, I'll I'll stop after this point. Um, I was uh, I I created this album inspired by winter um, last year and um, I was thinking of huh when you're in winter time you feel cold and you kind of actually long for a different season you long for spring so i have this song um where it starts off kind of cold with like an electric piano um and some kind of other ethereal sounds and i have a lyric that says um uh spring will come alive eventually and from there, I kind of shifted it to hearing some whistles, like so it sounds like birds singing, and did some whoosh. That's something I like to do a lot, just kind of make that sound into the microphone to create wind. So there's like a sense of change and birds singing and brighter bells and stuff like that. So there's just so much you can do to express different emotion sonically. And uh, yeah, I'm done. Right. <laughs> 
I, I agree. Um, and I just and... want to say, everyone, um, uh, Alex does not do drugs. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> yeah. He's just naturally this way, okay? I really wanted that. I'm going to explore that world a little bit more. <laughs> but it makes sense, yeah. Um, the song would sound different if you're thinking about, you know, if you're, if you're playing outdoors or if you want to emulate a music that is being played outdoors. Of course, it's going to sound different from something that's indoors. Yeah, I and wanna... I mean... Yeah, go ahead. And so, like, it would sound differently, but it would also make the listener feel differently. Exactly, yeah. Right? You know, if I right. said, Spring Will Come Alive, but I kept that same timbre on the electric piano, I wouldn't make that person feel that newness that the lyric mm. evokes. The, the, the sweetness of, um, like, music is when like the sounds align with the emotions align with the words and the message when all those things kind of harmonize. that's like i feel like the great mystery when it comes to uh composing um and yeah. art um i think the song hallelujah by leonard cohen does it beautifully like um and just how differently it's expressed i had a whole conversation with a friend about this and i won't go into it but if you listen to that song just think about how the lyrics um are aligning with where the melody is going and just kind of yeah, yeah. think about how it rises, how it falls and the reasons why yeah. it does. Love yeah. That song. I, I want to go back to, I think it was Staz who mentioned it, that going back home, it, it, there's infinite possibilities on how you go back home. It could be you're taking, taking away instruments or, or something. Mm. And the way I did it for Long Beach Academy was, so you have your key center and your first melody, the very beginning of the song and, it was it's piano it starts with the piano and then you slowly add instruments and at the end of the song you use one by one you take away the instrument the composer so the composer at least he took away the instruments that he added and he he went back to that key center um in in a way that's not exactly identical but it ends in the, in the last the same chord the, the first chord of the song and the last chord of the song are the same so in a way, that's arriving home. Uh, that's how yeah. we expressed arriving home. But the previous chords were not, ex were not necessarily the same. It could, could have been different, phrased differently. And so there were different emotions. And yeah, yeah so that's exactly how we did it in Law Magic Academy and how you could, could have done it in so many different ways as well. And it could be just as valid. But again, that's exactly my point. Um, music is a language. And the way you phrase things, the way you say things could be the same thought, but expressed differently. And it's just a matter of what, what do you do with this language and what emotions do you want to say? Um, and then you use your tools to say that, to express that. Yeah. One game that does, I, I watched a YouTube bit on uh, the music in Breath of the Wild, and it's, it's wild. <laughs> um, because like during the fight scenes, the music it responds to your fighting. And I, I, I'm sure other games probably do this, too. But I just thought it was fascinating because um, like if you hit, there's going to be like a cymbal crash. So the more you hit, the more cymbal crashes there are and the more that evokes out of you as the person playing as Link, where you kind of get, you know, probably amped up a bit during during that and wherever you go what time of day it is the way the sun is like being revealed through the clouds like it's just wild and yeah um and to think that if 
you took away the game and you just grabbed the audio from that, everyone would be composing like a different soundtrack to that game, which is really beautiful, I think. Yeah, the first time I encountered that was actually in um, uh, Wind Waker, which you guys know I love. Um, and uh, there's there's a part that you know comes to mind. Uh, you're in the Forbidden Fortress, and you're little Toon Link, and you're having to hide underneath uh, barrels as you get past people. And every time you're about to get caught, you know the music comes up and it makes a sound, and and that sound still haunts my nightmares. Um. And, you know, also as like a person who I, I love horror games. And so um, music is a huge part of evoking that emotion in me as a player um, and having the music react in that way. It's that adrenaline rush that I crave. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it's it's just it's so fascinating hearing you guys talk about all of this, um, because, you know, as as a player, I, I get that, you know, I need that. I, I need that um, translated to me. Um, and it's interesting, too, that, that you said, like, if you were just to hear the soundtrack, everybody would be different. I think it's also interesting, like, if I were to close my eyes, would I still feel like I was in the same place? Would I still feel like I was in that game? You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think that would probably yeah. be the successful mark of, you know, of a good soundtrack. Like, if you were listening to it, does it sound like you want to read a book? And if so, then yes, that is the music for the library. <laughs> You're correct <laughs> about that, right? Maybe something that sounds like fluttering pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also something kind of like maybe perhaps a little like quiet and steadied and subdued um, to evoke we, we, the quietness of the library. Yeah. The composer um, took inspiration, sort of, I guess. It sounded like lo-fi music almost. <laughs> Just. <laughs> The, the, I guess the piano or the keyboard, and it was playing some some tunes. But that's it. I I didn't notice much instruments that he added, and I think that was apt because if you're expressing nighttime or the library, you'd want it to be quiet. You want it to be some sort of ambient music, right? And I think he captured it quite perfectly. And then later on, we made he made a lo-fi version of the same nice. um, library track. You can actually see it on YouTube. Long Mage Academy lo-fi. Oh, um, study too. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm gonna check awesome. that out. Here's a different thought, um, a different point now. Uh, I noticed that, yeah, okay. I, as you know, I bought a lot of music packs, and music packs are composed by different people for different purposes. So it may not necessarily work for your game. But one thing that I found surprising was that how people said that. You know, this the soundtrack is so great and it just fits the mood so perfectly. And granted, the, the composers are great people. Like they, they they had the skill level required to make it sound really good. But I think part on and the part of the game developer, you really have to know which tracks to use at particular time. And the reason why I'm saying it is because I see a lot of RPG maker developers, for example, who use tracks that are almost like cliche that you know that these are inspired by Final Fantasy VI. And, you know, if it's, a town, if it's a town soundtrack for a town, it's supposed to sound like this and it sounds pixelated a little bit. Not that it's bad, but does it really fit the theme of your game? Does it, because mm -hmm. there are so many games out there that have villages in a fantasy setting and they're all using that same track. So, first of all, how do you make your game stand out? 
um, are you just banking on the, the player's expectation for, for, from nostalgia purposes that if they play these types of games before, they will appreciate it because you use these kind of soundtracks? Or maybe, and here is how I approached my game at least, even though it was inspired by older games, I made sure to incorporate some you know, modern elements to it to, to make it sound fresher and fresher <laughs> in, in a sense. And that's where the music comes in, that I didn't use those pixelated tracks. Like, I made sure to use high-quality music. At least to me, it sounds high-quality music. With clear, crisp, and the tunes are there, um, the feelings are there, which if you use tracks that I mentioned, um, don't, they don't necessarily express a certain intention um, of the game developer, but it just relies on the nostalgia feeling, on the player's expectation that if you're going through a town, it should sound like this. Um, so that's what I did differently. And I think game developers, um, especially RPG maker game developers, could try to learn more about it and incorporate it in their own games. Yeah, I think, I think there's so much that goes um, with the weight of that regarding intention, why, why you use and, and employ a certain thing. I love like doing multiple layers of piano or guitar. Um, and I have to restrain myself and be like, okay, don't do that all the time. Because if you do that yeah. all the time, it loses its meaning, of course. Um, and I think this is, I'm, I'm also, a, a, I teach lessons and I, I love how, um, how much related to life lessons there are within music. Um, because I think this idea of intention and when to employ um certain elements like perhaps that nostalgia factor like if you're just running that nostalgia factor like the whole time that's cool but like it's not really expressing anything you're just kind of slapping ranch dressing on your salad and then it all just tastes like ranch dressing you know um yeah but but um uh when to use something and when not to use something. Like I've been in plenty of conversations with a significant other and, you know, perhaps like now is not the best time to talk about a certain subject, even though that would be a good thing to do. Like it's good to tell the truth or it's good to say something, but maybe mm -hmm. that timing isn't right. Right. And I think that right, kind of right. that same principle can be applied to, you know, our art where like, okay, maybe this will have greater meaning and greater um, emotion um, and greater significance uh, if employed mm -hmm. at a different time with an intentional purpose. Yeah, yeah. and this this segues into uh, another point that I wanted to bring up. Um, Vernius, I, I feel that your use of space and silence in I, La Mage yeah. is absolutely incredible. Um, you know, you we talk about, you know, when is the right time to use or this or that, or when is the right time not to use something. And the way that you tell story through your music, just in the, in what I've experienced so far in the demo, um, you know, you have, you have silent parts where you're like, you want people to pay attention, but you also have the music come in at certain times when you want us to pay attention to something yeah. else, you know, can you tell us a little bit more about that process? That's that's funny because that that's what I was gonna say next. <laughs> the, the use of silence. Um, so just a little bit of background from where I'm coming from. So I was a philosophy major back in the university, and after that, um, you know, I life and I ended up being a preacher for some time, a little bit for a year, and I, I but also I had a background on 
I was very interested in Taoist thought and mm. Zen, Zen Buddhism, yeah. at least the philosophical aspect. And, you know, it emphasizes emptiness as well. So I'm coming from a Christian background, and here I am. I'm looking at Zen thought and Taoist thought and hearing about the importance of nothingness, <laughs> the importance of the space. What makes a bowl useful is the space. It, it's, it's most useful when it's empty. Look at a window. The window is really just space, but it gives so much use. You know, it, it gives so much utility. The doorway. You can't enter a house without the space, which is the doorway. So, I mean, those are just metaphors. But, I mean, if you expanded the metaphor to life and, and to art and to music, same thing. And that space, that, that, space, that silence, uh, the use of silence can also be applied into preaching or, or into lecturing when you want to emphasize a certain point, that dramatic pause, and then you go to the kicker, your, your main point that you want to drive into people. Um, I have applied that to many things that I've done in my life, the, the use of silence. And, it's, and th that's what I think people don't appreciate. Most people don't appreciate or don't realize that they appreciate uh, that, that silence. It's because, uh, you know, we think that silence is a bad thing. That's why you see games, uh, just music after music after music. It just keeps going on and on. It changes tracks. But I think the use of silence is is best um uh, exemplified in horror games because in horror games there are times when things just suddenly go silent and you're suddenly scared because and it plays on your on your fear your expectations that something is probably going to go on something's probably going to happen because things suddenly turn silent or suddenly there's this xylophone playing or there's this music box playing all of a sudden and i think that's a very creative way to express feel other than the environment, you know, and, and it, it, so sometimes sound design or music design isn't just about picking the right track, but as, as you guys said, knowing when to use it, because it might be a perfectly wonderful track, but if there's not a proper timing for it, it's not, you're not going to get the best effect out of it. It's so why the bass drop. It's why the bass drop in EDM music is always mm. such a such a banger, right? Anytime that bass that bass drop hits, it's always preceded by that silence. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> it drops. And the the crazy thing is is like, and I guess like it depends on. Okay, well, yeah. So it always hits just as hard. Same with like horror. You know when? Okay, the music's gone, and now I'm gonna get scared. Mm. And it doesn't surprise us, or typically when things repeat, it doesn't surprise us. But for some reason, when it involves music, it kind of, I don't know. Yeah, the moment the rhythm is broken, that is the most yeah. frightening part. It's reliable. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, we get used to hearing the same thing over and over. But the moment, you know, that pattern is broken, you're like, something is different. And I don't know what it is. And that's exactly. horrifying. It speaks exactly. to you. Like, it's literally, like... Yeah, speaking... <laughs> talking. It's conversing with you, or it's, like, walking alongside of you. Mm -hmm. And it's expressing right. how you feel. Yeah. Um, I, I have to uh, give a little antidote here. Um, so Anecdote. Anecdote, yes. Did I say antidote? <laughs> like, antidote. like Pokemon? An anecdotal anecdote. Anecdotal anecdote. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> 
Um, I had a, a choir director, um, you know, in high school, uh, who was very influential on my uh, music career. Um, and when he would get upset at the class, if we weren't, you know, practicing enough or if we didn't know our music or whatever, he would start to whisper. And it was the most horrifying thing because if he were to yell at us, we wouldn't be nearly as terrified as if his voice dropped and he calmly expressed his frustration to us. And in the same way, I feel like in horror games, it's like when, when the music is so quiet, you can hear your own heartbeat. That's the most terrifying. Well, it's mimetics, right? Remember, because in conducting class, it's what you see is what you get. And so when I start speaking slowly, you lean in a bit more because it's like, what's he going to say? <laughs> and yeah, and yeah. so it's kind of like when the music drops, it's like your heart is going to drop now because you are going to lose it. Um, so it's really, uh, yeah. And it's crazy because in conducting class, like we would do this with each other where we would conduct a certain pattern very stiffly with our hands and it would sound like that because we are mimicking what our conductor is giving us like as singers your body literally tightens up and it yeah. makes the sound it's of like your you... voice tighten up yeah i mean we could talk about this yeah. all day um henry i just want to check in with you about time um how much more uh, do we have i would say about five to ten more minutes five to ten okay i think um for my last question bernice i would love to ask you what is some advice that you might give in parting to uh, an indie developer who's just starting out, who has no idea what they're doing? They're just looking at a bunch of music packs. What, what advice would you give them as they're choosing music for their game? Okay, so it's very important to get a good understanding of the emotions in your game. What are you trying to convey to the players what emotions, what feelings, and what feelings are in specific scenarios. What are the emotions they want to play, the, what you want the player to experience in those moments, in those key moments. And then try to go through all the tracks. You know, when you buy a music pack, it says, for example, this one's for towns, this is an adventure track, this is for battle track. Don't pay attention too much on the names of the tracks, but rather try to listen. What is this track telling you? Because I listen to some tracks that says drama, but it, it sounds scary. So I use it for a scary moment. And I, I found tracks that says romance, but it, it's not romantic. It doesn't sound romantic to me. So I used it for a mystery track. So try not to pay attention to the names of the tracks, but listen to to your emotions, what do you feel when you listen to this track? And once you've clearly identified how you feel about it, use it in the way if you want to express those emotions with a the player, then you use it for that scenario. Uh, that's, that's a guideline I would give to indie devs on how to use music. Cool. Very cool. Well, um, thank you both for joining us today. Um, this has been amazing. I just feel like we could keep talking about rhythm and movement and, you know, emotion and how to convey all that. It's, it's just been really great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Okay, Henry, it's back to you. 
Taz, are you still there? Taz, are you alive? <laughs> I'm just absorbing the information, man. Taz has been stuffing his face with a pepperoni pizza this entire time we've been talking. No, that was earlier. No. Ah, nice. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Verenius. Thank you, Alex, for being here and uh, enlightening us all in the creative process of music and games. This, is, this was awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you for tuning in to the Game Raven Review Podcast. I've been Henry Jane. You can find me on Twitter at SuperHenry64. Verenius, where can people find you and Law Mage and all that? You can find me on Twitter at LawMageA. I'm usually active in Twitter, so I'll see you guys there. Fantastic. Alex, where can people find you? Plug your, give them the band cam. <laughs> um, I go by Alex Johnston. Um, that's my actual name. So you can find me there too. But <laughs> you can find uh, my music on Bandcamp and actually throw me some pennies if you want. Uh, it's just Alex Johnston Music. Um, you can also find me on Instagram if you want to see pictures of my cats and or other musical things that I occasionally post. Um, and music's on Spotify, all that stuff or whatnot. Thank you. Taz? Uh, yes, you can find me at TazTDiffle3 on uh, most uh, internet platforms. I do stream on Twitch every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And then my indie days on the Game Raven channel on Wednesdays. So I hope to see you there. And Puppet. I am Puppet Master N. That's Puppet Master E N. Um, and you can find me all over the place, you know, wherever. But um I am on Twitch. I uh I stream on Friday evenings on the Game Raven Review Twitch channel. Um I do indie demos and all kinds of indies. And um I stream mostly indie horror on the weekends. So Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. Pacific and uh, Saturday evenings at 7 p.m. Um, Sundays at 7 p.m. Pacific. And then I come back to the Game Raven channel for our Raven games on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And as always, find us on Twitter and Twitch at Game Raven Review and GameRavenReview.com. Join our Discord. Have a fantastic week. Are you game?